Water is essential for even short-term emergencies. Yet many of us take easy access to clean water for granted. When disaster strikes, tap water in stores selling bottled water may no longer be available. So what actions should you take now to ensure your family has enough water when they need it? Hey, this is episode 801 of the Ready Your Future podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you prepare for a better future. I'm Todd Sepulveda, a regular guy living in the suburbs who understands the need to be better prepared for the future. As our world gets crazier, it is important to be around people that understand the need to get better prepared, who can share advice and knowledge that they have and have a place where you feel welcomed. This is what the Ready Your Future exclusive email group is all about. You can stay anonymous, yet have plenty of interactions with other preppers. It really is your online mutual assistance group. You can join for $20 a year. And that keeps the trolls and Cheeto-eating preppers living in their mom's basement away. For more information, visit readyyourfuture.com or click the link in the episode show notes. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Ready Your Future podcast. I'm so glad that you're hanging out with me. Hey, I want to do a podcast on water and just talking about the need for water. I think sometimes we gloss over the basics. We talk about all the other things and all the sexy things in preparedness, and we forget about revisiting this, keeping it fresh, keeping it top of mind. Water is one of those things that everyone needs, right? It's very important. And so, uh, I don't know, I might have some other essential episodes later on down the line, but I really did feel like I needed to talk a little bit more about water, especially with how crazy things are and how we can we can see possibly all different kinds of emergencies coming down uh, coming down in the future, right? And so we really need to nail this down really, really well. So let's talk a little bit about water. So water is essential for survival. It's not one of those nice to haves. It's essential. And you hear the you know the phrase you can only live three days without it. And that is, you know, of course, extreme days in heat and things like that and your 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 body your 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 starts to break down and your organs and things like that. I mean you need the water right so you always need to have an emergency supply on hand now one of the 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 numbers that is always thrown out in preparedness is 1 gallon per person per day for drinking cooking hygiene sanitation all that kind of stuff and i got to tell you that is a very very minimum number, right? If you're dealing with that number, that has got to be the most minimal number around. And that, that, I mean, you're, you're basically are going to be watching your water very, very carefully there. And so if you can have more, you need to have more. Um, you want to have at least two weeks supply for emergency situations, but you really want to have more. You want to have that buffer. The thing is, is that water is really hard to store. It's really heavy, it's hard to store because it is bulky. In order, you know, in order for you to have enough water, uh, you need to, you know, have some a place where you can store it, and you just can't store it anywhere. And I might be getting a little ahead of myself, but uh, that's the thing. I mean, water is one of those issues. If if you don't have a well that you can go ahead and and go get to, you don't have a a pond or a stream in your, you know, on your property. Uh, you're going to have some issues here. And so you really need to be thinking about this. Now, when we talk about storing water and having an emergency supply of water, one of the things that we always need to, to talk about are the storage containers that we're using. 
Now, ideally, you have a nice big container. Like you're able to have 55 gallon drums. You're able to have them in an area that you know it's not outside that you're going to be able to uh, you know keep and, and it's in nice and controlled temperature and all that good stuff, right? Um, so you 55 gallon drums. Uh, a lot of the times we talk about water bricks and water bricks are are nice because you can stack them and you can stack them up, you know, high. Uh, you can even if you need to, you know, put something around them to to maybe decorate, you know, maybe make them into a coffee table. Right. And so then you could uh, put something over it, I, I guess. I mean, if you if you really needed to do that. And so uh, you have those uh, and then all the other containers that we always talk about. I'll, uh, I'll get to that here uh, just really quickly. Before I get to that, I want to talk about the kind of plastic that you should be looking for. And so what you're looking for is HDPE. And so that is uh, polyethylene. There's two different types of, of polyethylene that uh, usually... Uh, you will see, and there's the LDPE, which is the low density, and then the HDPE, which is the high density polyethylene. And that's what, you, that's what you're looking for. You're looking for the HDPE. Now, the thing, the good thing for us, if you're on a budget and you can't get the 55-gallon drums, you can't get the water bricks, and they're you know a little expensive, you can't get the containers that are out there for you to be able to, uh, to, to use then you can go to food grade plastic containers, jugs, uh, barrels, bottles, whatever it might be. And a lot of those, um, you're looking for the HDPE symbol. A lot of the times it's going to be on the very bottom and it's going to be in the triangle. You go look for that and you should be good. And so those are going to be made in a way that can be reused. That's plastic that can be reused. Um, in the United States, and I was reading an article from, you know, with uh, polyethylene and HDPE from the UK in the United States, and, and they, I guess they use HDPE for their milk in the United States. The, the milk that we really use, those milk jugs are like a one-time use. You don't want to store water in that. Uh, and so that's not, at least not for drinking. Like if you're using it to, you know, to go water the plants outside or something like that, you know, um, whatever you're, you're going to, you know, wash your feet. You're, you're going to go out to the, you're going to go out to the beach and, you know, before you go in, you know, get in your vehicle, you want to rinse off your feet or whatever from the sand. I mean, that would be fine, but you don't want to use milk jugs to store your emergency water. So a lot of the times you can find like, uh, things that, you know, tea, uh, like Arizona tea, uh, gallons a lot of the times they're nice and sturdy plastic and you will find that they're hdpe uh, some of the juice that you that you get from the store uh, the nice plastic sturdy bottles are hdpe you know when you're thinking about storing water if, if you're going to be purposeful i guess i mean sometimes we just we get whatever we're going to get and uh, we just deal with it but if you're going to try to be purposeful, maybe you're drinking Arizona tea or something along those lines, or there's a, a, a juice that you like to get. If you can get the, the, the juice bottles that are easy to stack or easy to store, um, you know, that have the handles are a little bit more uh, beneficial. 
you know, one of the things you want to do if you're going to use those, you want to rinse them out really, really well. You want to rinse them with hot water. You want to shake them really good. You might even want to throw some soap in there, rinse them a couple of times, maybe even put some bleach in there. The thing when you store water, water doesn't necessarily go bad. If you're keeping it in, you know, a dark place, a cool place, um, if you if you're leaving like you know, I guess your your plastic water bottles in the um, the garage, and if you live in Texas and it gets up to 120 degrees outside, which is going to be even hotter in your garage, very possible for that plastic to start leaching into the water, and so you want to be careful about that. But for the most part. Um, you know, your, your containers will not leach that, uh, will not leach plastic, especially, I mean, if you're using the HDPE, right? So you want to do that. So water goes bad if you leave uh, something, you know, residue behind in there. So you, you know, you, you get a juice bottle and you don't rinse out all the juice really, really well. And, you know, you fill it up with water and then, uh, you know, that allows it to form bacteria. You use a tea bottle or tea jug and you don't rinse it out really well. So that's going to be the, the key is to really rinse it out really, really well. Hot water, uh, rinse it out several times and make sure there's nothing lingering behind. Um, so, you know, you've got all those different kinds of uh, bottles that you can use, even the two liter bottles, soda bottles. If you um, if you get, you know, a hold of those, if you're somebody that drinks soda or your family drinks soda, um, you think about how those bottles are made. A lot of the times they're under pressure. They've got, you know, they're carbonated drinks and all that kind of stuff. And so they're made, uh, most of them are made with HDPE. And so you're able to reuse them, but you've got to really rinse those out really, really well. One of the other things that you can think about if you're somebody who cans or maybe you use jars in, uh, you know, from the grocery store, whatever it might be, um, glass jars, you can always, if you have the storage space, again, in your, in your pantry, in your cabinet, you can rinse those out really, really well and you can use glass jars. If you have, if you, if you can and you have mason jars that you have not used, uh, that you haven't canned with, or you just have a, a nice supply of mason jars that you haven't used yet, instead of just having them sit, sitting around and not have anything in them, fill them up with water, right? Fill them up with water and, uh, you know, put a, put a lid on there. You don't need to run them through the, the pressure canner or anything else like that. Um, just make sure that they're nice and clean and, and before, you, before you put water in there. And that way you can store water and uh, you have, you know, some mason jars filled with water. That would be one of those there that you can do. Um, there's collapsible containers that out there that you can use um, if you're trying to save space as you're using them. Um, you can do that. I remember listening to uh, Steve Harris uh, many, many years ago. Uh, one of the things that he had, uh, he put out, I guess, an audio kind of. It really wasn't a podcast. It was just an audio that he had done and uh, you could download it from his website. And then later on he was, uh, you know, he spent a lot of time on Jack Spirico's podcast. I don't know if he's doing any of those recently, but um, you know, one of the things he talked about is like, you want to fill up every container that you can. Like if you were in an emergency situation and you knew that, you know, things were getting bad, you want to fill up everything that you can for, uh, for drinking water. And so he talked about if you have pots and pans, get your pots and pans out, 
fill those up with water, you know, and just sit them out on your counter, sit them out around the house so that you have drinking water, put the lid on there. And so you, you know, it's make sure that, you know, nothing contaminates it nothing falls into it and, and no bugs, no nothing like that, but fill up your pots with, uh, with, with water if you can. He even mentioned, you know, if the water is still running, but you're afraid that it's going to go out, you know, take some old totes that have, you know, even if they're dirty, get some big plastic bags and line them with plastic bags. Now, people will say that the plastic will leach out of them. I know people have told me that before in the past, but if you get some real thick contractor bags, maybe you're not using those. Yeah, you're not using that for for drinking, but you could maybe use it for for bathing. And the other thing is, is like you want to use that up first. So that would be the water that you use up first, and then you get to your actually your actual stored water. So again, I've kind of mentioned this already, but when you store water, you want to make sure it's it's like everything else, like even food. You want to make sure it's in a cool, dark place away from other chemicals, other toxins, other, you know, from the sun, all that kind of stuff that degrades that. Um, people will say that you need to replace your water every six months. Um, I'm along the lines, my thinking is like water does not go bad. The water, if water goes bad, it's because your container was contaminated. So water does not go bad. Um, and so you want to kind of go from there and, 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 you know, and drink it that way. And uh, you should be pretty good. But uh, you don't want to store the water that you're going to be drinking in a garage, in a shed, in your vehicle, um, those different kinds of things. Because, you know, heat and uh, plastic, especially if you're if you have like a case of plastic water bottles, like if you're drinking them quickly and you're going through them quickly, that's one thing. But storing them there for an emergency, uh, that's that's another thing, man. You don't you don't want to do that. All right. So where do you find water? Once once you have your stored water, and let's just say you have your two weeks, maybe you have your month's worth of water, but for whatever reason, the water doesn't come back on, and you need to find water because you don't want to go long in a survival situation, in an emergency situation, without water. So. At home, you can get into uh, your, uh, t possibly into your hot water heater, and you can drain that if you haven't drained it. Um, if you're very, very desperate, you can get into your toilet uh, tank, and that might have some uh, water in there as well. Um, hopefully, you have rain barrels, and uh, you're in a place where you can have some rain barrels, and that rain barrel will, um, you know, will have some water for you. Um, sometimes people talk about pools. I would not you use pool water and try to disinfect it and try to do all that kind of stuff um, with that, or you know, use chemical ways to uh, to purify it. I just wouldn't do it. Now, if you're flushing the toilet and you need water to flush the toilet, and your sanitation system is still working then I think pool water would be okay. But I would not use, try to run that through any kind of filters or anything like that. It really would tear it up. And so you don't want to do that. Um, if, you're, if you need to go outdoors, right, you get to that place. You want to go and you want to find um, lakes and, and rivers and streams. And, of course, you just can't drink that water. You need to make sure you're treating it. And I'm going to talk about that here in just a minute. But uh, you want to go find those natural sources of, of water. Hopefully, if you have access to a well, that would be great. 
I was talking to my father-in-law about my my dad's uh, first place out in the country that I wish we, we would have kept, man. I just, I would do anything for that property right now. We had an artesian well that ran year round. The only time it stopped running was when it froze and everything froze, right? It had to be a really a hard freeze for that but it ran year around and all the years that we had it it never ran dry and so would love to have that if you have that man that is a, a true blessing if you're in a rural or urban situation then you know you could go to fire hydrants and see if there's anything there parks uh public spigots we talk talk about uh having you know the 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 tool to be able to go to like a government building or a building where you can access their water and they usually have that little door and you can get that uh, sill lock key and you can open that up and and access the water that way i, I know that's the way it was when i was working on campus uh, we had one of those and that's how we would get to, you know, to be able to get water when we were outside. If it was, you know, we needed to connect to a water hose or whatever like that. Um, you'll see that in bushcrafting survival uh, type videos and, and books. If you read that, you can get uh, water from plants, from condensation, from leaves. You can tap trunks. You can uh, extract uh, sap from, you know, maple, birch, walnut. Um those different types of, 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 of trees. And so you can really look into that and, and figure that out. There's even actually a, a tap that I think you can, you can get, and you can tap that in and maybe get water from, I know that I've seen videos from that. Um, I don't know if it was, I don't know if it was something that someone made or it was just something that you can buy. Um, I, I don't plan on using that. And so I didn't really look into it. Um, and I don't know, I mean, if I really would want to spend money on that, but you've got to find water sources around you in case water, you know, your water runs out. One of the things that I've always said is get on like Google maps. I know people don't like Google, get on Google maps or get on Bing maps or find a map uh, that you can, you know, that has r recent satellite imaging over it. And so zoom out of your area and try to find water close by. There might be a pond that you don't know about. There might be uh, a little stream or something along those lines that you don't know about that you can go and uh, you can identify. And so you know where that's at. And then, of course, you can always do a little uh, field trip over there and, and see what it's like so that you can put some eyes on it. But uh, that would always be something really smart to do. So let's go ahead and talk a little bit about treating water because this is a this is a big deal. This is one of those things that we really need to talk about because it's essential to remove contaminants that might be in water. So or that you can make the water potable and safe for drinking. So let's talk. Uh, we're going to talk about um, like six different method, uh, methods here, and uh, some will go into it a little bit more than others. So the first method we'll talk about is boiling water, and that's going to be one of the most effective ways to kill harmful microorganisms uh, such as bacteria, viruses, and parasites that are going to be found in water. It's very simple and it's very inexpensive to do, right? All you need is a fire and you need some kind of container to, uh, to be able to boil water in. Um, the thing though is that it is it, it requires fuel, right? And so it's time consuming, requires fuel. Um, you need to bring the water to a boiling, um, you know, to a boiling for about one minute. You wanna leave it for about one minute and you should be good there. Um, if you have a, a wap, a wappy or a wappy, 
Uh, I've written an article about this and talked about it. And it's a way to it pasture. There's a way to pasteurize water. And so you don't have to get it to boiling. Um, you get it to a certain degree. And so a wappy is, uh, it's a, it has a, like a little metal string, basically. That's kind of a, it's almost, it's a little thicker than fishing wire, I guess, if I'm trying to explain it. And it has a little, um, tube that's connected to it and it has a gel that's in there that is solid when it cools down but when it is uh in hot water it will melt and it will go the other it will go the other way so uh, think of like uh you know like when you're turning one of those uh i don't know like a sand uh, timer over right it's basically the same kind of thing as it as it gets hot it will the 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 solid inside of it i'm trying to explain this uh will will go down and, and, and go down to the bottom and so when you see that you know that it's finished pasteurizing and the great thing about that is you you don't have to wait for boiling now boiling it's it's really you know it, there's no um mental thought into that you know, like you you see a boiling you get it to a, a rolling boil for one minute and then you're good the wappy though takes all the um, guessing out of it because you know if that has melted, then it's pasteurized and it's gotten to the degree that it needs to be able to kill all the bacteria, viruses, and parasites in there. And so it might be worth your while to invest in a wappy. It's like I think it's like five ninety nine that you can get it on Amazon, and uh, you know you can get. So I think even sometimes you can get like you know, two for nine ninety nine, and put them in your bug out bag or keep them with you. Um, and it's something that would, um, just be, be helpful, you know, if you really needed it. One last thing about boiling is depending on where you're getting your water, you're probably going to need, you're, you're going to want to filter it first, right? So you're going to want to filter it through some kind of means, whatever that might be, filter it and then boil it. And that will help get out if there's any solids in there. Just kind of get those solids out so you're not having to, to deal with it. Now, uh, the boiling, we should kill all that, right? But you still, you, the thought of drinking solids, it's not, you know, when you're taking a drink of water, that's something you want to be thinking about. Like, oh, man, I'm crunching, <laughs> you know, I'm crunching down on things here. Um, you don't want to be thinking about that, right? So uh, you want to filter it before you boil. The, the other way to, um, you know, to make water, to treat water would be, you know, doing it with a chemical. And so uh, we talk about iodine and we talk about bleach and you can get uh, tablets for that on easily on Amazon. I'll tell you at one point when things were, I think it was during the Fukushima event, um, it was very hard to find the, the iodide tablets or the water tablets to be able to do that. But really, I mean, you can just easily use bleach. Now, you want to use bleach that's 100% bleach, not concentrated, not anything with a scent, not anything like that. It's just 100% bleach. But here's the thing. Bleach has a shelf life and it's not a very long shelf life. I think it's something like anywhere six to 12 months and then it stops using or it loses its, uh, its ability to, uh, you know, to do its thing, right. To disinfect. And so, um, that's why some people like the iodine tablets and things like that. We've talked about this before on this podcast is you can make a chlorine bleach solution if you were to use pool shock. And so, uh, you know, you got to get pool shock that is 78%, uh, somewhere between 68 to 78% calcium hypochlorite. 
And so when you do that, then you make your solution. And so uh, my good friend, Gay Levy, who when she owned Backdoor Survival had a big, I mean, that's kind of like my go-to article and uh, just I've saved it throughout the years. I've talked about it. Uh, that's the one that, that I go to because she did a lot of little research on it and she went through and did her own deal. Um, she found 78% calcium hypochlorite. I also found that as well and I have it in my Amazon store if that's something that you're interest, interested in. But you're going to use one teaspoon of pool shock per gallon of water to make your chlorine solution. So you know, one pound of shock. And uh, it's really gotten expensive lately ever since COVID. I mean, all pool chemicals seem like it's gone through the roof, but you can still find them. Um, it will, uh, you, you know, one pound will go through, will last you a long time because you're only using one teaspoon to make your solution. Then when you have your solution, you're going to use uh, three fourths of an ounce of your chlorine solution to treat a gallon of water. So there is um, the um, EPA uh, does have an article on this. And so Gay uh, references it. And I'm going to also reference this as well. I'm going to put it in the show notes and you can go check it out. But uh, the key is to find that uh, 68 to 78% calcium hypochlorite. It's funny because the EPA doesn't their article is kind of, it doesn't talk in absolutes. It's kind of like about, you know, and so that's, that's the key. You know, ultimately when you have your, your water, you, you want the water, the water to smell a little bit like chlorine. Um, and so that kind of gives you that idea that, you know, not overpowering, but you, you want to have that chlorine smell. And that kind of tells you that it's, uh, it has, it's been, it's killed off that those microorganisms and, and it's working. Right. And so, um, one thing about that I want to say about pool shock is like pool chemicals can be very, very uh, corrosive. And so you don't want to just leave this anywhere. So the way that I store my pool shock for my pool is I have it in a plastic container inside another plastic container because if you leave it around metal, it'll start corroding the metal. And so it's a very, very corrosive. You want to be very careful with that. You just don't want to leave it anywhere. I know other people have put them in mason jars and uh, they've uh, just really have uh, tried to be really careful with that. So it doesn't uh, begin to leach out. The chemicals don't leach out and corrode uh, the metal that you have around there. I know um, I have a cousin who told me his neighbor stored his pool chemicals around his water heater and the pool chemicals like just tore up the water heater, right? And you got to go get a new water heater. No one wants to do that right now with things are so expensive. So you want to be really careful about this. And again, you don't need a whole lot of it. Um, but you know, go check out that article that I'm going to link to if you, if you're interested in having this, because you can easily make your chlorine solution and shock pool shock does not go bad. And so one pound will last you a very, very long time because you're able to make the chlorine solution as you need it. Another way to treat uh, water is just by using a filter, right? And this is one of those that we talk a lot about uh, when we, we talk about like the hydro blue VersaFlow. Uh, and so, uh, you know, there's all different kinds of, you know, the life straw, all the other ones that are out there, the mini Sawyers. Um, basically, you're removing physical contaminants from water. The thing is, is that you still got to be careful because um, they don't always filter viruses. Um, some will filter bacteria and protozoa, 
but not all of them filter viruses. You really need to uh, find the ones if you're if, if you're interested in that to have that that solution. It's not going to do metals. It's not going to do uh, you know things like that. So uh, there's a lot of different kinds of filters. You got the ceramic filters, the gravity filters, the straw filters. You have all the different kind of filters that are out there. And so basically, you're you're running the the water through the filter. You can make your own filter, like with with uh, rocks and uh, or gravel and sand and charcoal, and uh, you you can do that as well you're really trying to get out the physical and then also if it's a good filter it should filter out bacteria but uh, it's not going to filter out the viruses you know in in that situation right and all the different kinds of filters that are out there a lot of the times when you're thinking about it you want to do two things you want to use a filter and then maybe you want to boil right or you want to filter and then you want to distill which i'll talk about distillation here in just a second but uh, you want to uh, use them in, you know, dub, in double, right? You want, you want to do a two tier, you know, water treatment solution, I guess, uh, just because filtration might not be enough for you if you're out there in the wild, uh, you know, grabbing water that you don't, you're not sure of, right? You want to be really, really careful. The, the worst thing to, to situation to be in is if you, or in a survival situation or in an emergency situation, and then you wind up getting dysentery um, because you, you know, got or, th- you know, throwing up and diarrhea and dysentery in the whole deal because you uh, drank water that was contaminated and your filtration system wasn't enough for all of that. So you want to be careful with that and, and you know, have a maybe a dual step on, on that. Um, so distillation is another one that you can do uh distillate when you distill something right you are heating it up you're heating up the water the water is turning into vapor to steam it is going through a pipe and it's cooling as it's traveling through this pipe and then it starts to uh, turn back into a liquid on the other side and so this really helps to leave behind as it as it's turning into steam it leaves behind microorganisms it leaves behind chemicals it leaves behind minerals and and all the different kind of things that are are, are the nasties um, the problem with distillation is that you need you need something right you need that distillation apparatus whatever it might be there's different ones out there um and uh, it shouldn't be too hard to make your own and i've seen people make their own before uh, i remember this one guy made a pretty ingenious one that you can a small one that you can put into a backpack and um uh, and carry it with you if that was something that you wanted to do and carry it you know all the way through but um prices will range and and i do have uh, one because uh, I I thought that it was it was uh, important to have one of these. The thing with it though is you got to think going back to the boiling is um, this is going to take a lot of resources uh, as far as fuel. So if you are using a camp stove, if you're using propane, if you're using natural gas, and if natural gas is still working, then you know fine th- that will work for you. But if you're having to go out and find wood to boil water or to distill, um, you, you know you're gonna have to a lot of wood to be able to to run this process down, right? And so um, you know distill might be one of those things you might want to invest in in one of those apparatuses another one to to, and i just don't know how i feel about this one because it just uh, i've done some reading on it and some research but um, 
I don't know. It just it just doesn't seem like it would be enough. But anyway, the UV uh, radiation, right? And so UV radiation will kill harmful microorganisms in water. Um, it is a, a type of electromagnetic radiation that it's, you're not going to be able to see it with your eye. And I guess it works by damaging the, the DNA of the microorganisms with ultraviolet light. Um, and so I, you, know, you go to Amazon and you type this in and you'll find prices that range from a hundred and something dollars. Like I found one that had really great reviews for like a hundred and thirty dollars. Um, and then basically you put this little wand and tip in there and you kind of, you know, swish it around a little bit and it's supposed to, uh, to purify the water. Um, others, you know, there are some that were like $13, you know, that's a wide range when you're thinking about that. And I don't know if I want to use a $13, uh, you know, UV light for, you know, my survival. I was reading reviews of people who are like, Hey, I took this with me and I used it. And I was a little concerned at first, but it has never stirred me wrong. Whether I was camping out in the woods and, you know, just drinking water from lakes and streams or whatever, or if I was going to a, to a foreign country and, uh, wasn't sure about the water. Um, this has never uh, treated me bad. And so I don't know, there's those UV radiation, if you can swing it, um, those little, you know, any of the, the little uh, pins or wands or whatever that they, that they have, and you expose the, 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 the pin or the wand for a certain amount of time, and maybe that might do it for you. So uh, anyway, um, that might be one. Again, if you were doing that, you still want to filter and then possibly do this, right? And then the last one is solar disinfection. Now this one's going to take the longest because you, you're basically you're putting water in a clear bottle and you're letting the sunlight hit it for six plus hours. And so you've got to have a, you know a lot of sunlight. You've got to let the sun uh, the sun rays kill all the pathogens. It might not be effective to chemicals though. And so this is not one. This is like last ditch resort. I mean this is the one that I would be using as a last ditch resort. Uh, and so you don't don't necessarily want to use that one. Um, if you're transporting water, right, um, you need to have a little bit of consideration because let's say that you are, uh, you know, you're bugging in, you run out of water, you have a place where you can go get it, but you need to be able to transport it, right? So do you have some portable containers that you can uh, that you can carry with you that are a decent size? Because you don't want to be able to, you don't want to just keep going back and forth, you know, filling up your, uh, you know, your Yeti or whatever, you know, your, your, um, your container, you know, your thermos or whatever you might have. Uh, you want to have something big enough to where you don't, you're not running every hour. Um, the other thing is you want to have some kind of like a little buggy or a little cart or something along those lines that will help you bring it back because water can be very, very heavy. And so you want to have, uh, you know, containers to be able to do that and do it in a large supply to make it, uh, worth, worth your while. Right. And so, uh, there is, um, some thought that you need to put into that if you are planning on bugging in and eventually looking for water somewhere, um, you know, something that you can, you can think about. Okay. Some, some final thoughts here. Um, it would be beneficial to have some testing kits. And so uh, you can go to Amazon and you can look at the reviews. And to be honest, I have never 
purchased a testing kit. I've never used a testing kit before. I know of people. I've written art. Uh, I've read articles of people that have and have talked about them. And uh, you know, there's recommendations out there. But usually, I go to to Amazon and just look at reviews. I'm looking for uh, something that has the most reviews, and I'm reading those reviews and seeing what people say. But it might be good to have a testing kit to be able to test water and to see what kind of um, even if it was like let's just say you were going to a pond, like you're, you're bugging in, you're going to run out of water and your plan is to go to a pond, pulling a water sample from that pond and just seeing what's, what's in it. You know, that might be helpful. I mean, I know like, you know, things can always change, but that's one way that you can do a little bit of a test. Um, maybe you take that pond water, you run it through your different filtration systems or, or water treatment, however you're going to do it. And then you test and see if, uh, you know, that it's, it's taking care of everything. You know, the, the way that you are going to purify water or treat water that it's able to take care of that. Right. And so, uh, those testing strips might come in very, very helpful. Um, the other thing that I want to say here is you need to have a way to catch water. And I've talked about this before in the past. I've even written, it was a fictional story about uh, a, a rain catchment tarp and having a tarp that you can set out um, that would catch rain and that you can just funnel it down into your storage containers, whatever that might be. And uh, it would be a smart idea to have one of those, um, you know, not too long ago and a couple of months back we went like 60 days without rain here in the houston area and so that would be um, terrible if that was the only thing i was counting on right uh, and so uh, that might it shouldn't be your only solution but if you're in a place where it rains and you can quickly set out a tarp and catch that rain you can bring in a lot of water and there is a formula that you can use. Actually, I'm going to link to that article that I was referring to and uh, you can go and, and check that one out and see uh, if that's something that you might want to do. You know, you have a fence and you can just uh, tie a tarp to it and um, kind of go from there. Right. And, and you can have some um, you can have some rainwater just quickly fall on a tarp, a clean tarp and you funnel it to your containers, and that would be a really smart move. All right, guys, well, that is it for episode 801. Listen, water is a very important thing to take care of for your preparedness, right? It's a very important topic. It is essential, and so you need to put a little bit of thought into this. Uh, we get into the sexy things. We want to do the bug out bags. We want to do all that kind of stuff. We want to do the firearms. Um, we're just so used to being able to go over to the tap and turn it on, but you need to have that emergency water, um, water storage, um, because you never know, um, here in our area, in our neighborhood, there's times when they turn the water off, they don't even tell everybody, they just turn it off. And, uh, I've talked about my Facebook group that people, you know, share information on, and when the water turns off, I can go there and sure enough, someone will say, yeah, they're over here on this street and they turned off the water and blah, blah, blah. And, and I'm going to go out there right now to, to ask them how long it's going to be. And sometimes it's like, it'll only be off for an hour, right? And other times it's like, don't expect it on until tomorrow morning. And so imagine if you were, you know, taking a shower, even if you were taking a shower and you had your, uh, you know, you're all soaped up or you had, you know, shampoo in your hair or whatever, 
and the water just suddenly turned off and you needed to be able to finish that, I mean, what would you do, right? Are you going to run to the grocery store with your hair full of shampoo and go get some bottles of water so you can rinse it out? I mean, come on. So uh, it would be even smart for something like that. Uh, You know, you want to have your emergency water uh, set aside. All right, guys, uh, that is it for episode 801. Uh, If you found this episode valuable, I would really appreciate a review wherever you listen to podcasts. And even if you are in a foreign country, I don't always get to see uh, them in Apple podcasts, but sometimes in one of the other podcasts, places that I go just to like when it, whenever I get a review and it notifies me, it'll grab them from different uh, countries. And so even if you're in, in another country, greatly appreciate that. Uh, if you're listening and you're not subscribed, you want to make sure you click the subscribe button in your favorite podcast app. And that way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government, grid, or the grind. Until next time, Live with no regrets and stay prepped and aware. Peace.